see over there dancing in the chair. <laughs> you can't help it. Bringing it home with Sarah and Tennille. And today we're talking about staying alive. Yes, which is something we all want to do. We want to do this. <laughs> Did you know that staying alive is the beat that you can use when you perform chest compressions on someone who is not breathing, doesn't have a heartbeat? I didn't know that, but I can totally see that now. Though. Yeah. Uh, 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 okay. Right. That that is the the beat that you need to keep. Now, just as an aside, you also can use the beat of another one bites the dust. But but we don't want to use that. We don't want to use that when we're trying to save a life because June is CPR and AED awareness month and this is something that I have been dealing with for years right you're a certified CPR instructor I've been a CPR instructor for about 17 years so I go around teaching everybody parents teachers daycare workers just anybody who comes in contact you know what it's probably one of the most important things that I feel like I've done in my life is teaching people how to respond to emergencies and you're such a calm and compassionate person and I've sat through her class before yeah you've been certified for years I have um but you're a great teacher you really build confidence in that so well this is this is a passion is to teach people how to respond to emergencies and it's something that truly everyone needs to know well it happened to me I had to respond to an emergency um and it was a person I really cared about that had no pulse and I had to along with some other people jump into action you know we had to get emergency medical personnel there I performed CPR until they got there and fortunately this person is alive and well today oh that's amazing yes and so uh ours was a very good story but you know it's so important that people react quickly for every minute that passes with no cpr after someone goes into cardiac arrest the chances of survival can fall by 10 percent every minute their chance of survival goes down by 10 percent that's frightening it is so everybody needs to know what to do and to be able to respond quickly yes time is of the essence yes so staying alive is more than just our intro song today um it's our topic right and and today on bringing it home with sarah and Tenille, we're going to talk specifically about you know how to go about getting cpr certified maybe even debunking some myths Mm-hmm. that people have about CPR and AEDs are something that we're going to talk about too that have really gotten a lot of attention lately they have. so we want to introduce that to people that may not know about what that is. Sure so you definitely want to tune in and you may want to bring some other people in on this conversation. Definitely Yes. You know when I think about CPR I'll be honest you know I think about oh gosh well if this ever happens to me or I'm driving somewhere and I see something Am I actually going to be able to just jump into gear? You know, is it all going to come back to me? Am I going to be ready to respond? And you know, both the American Heart Association and the American Red Cross, which is who I teach for, they certify people for two years. And so two years is a long time to go without reviewing what you need to do in an emergency, brushing up on those skills. So I always tell people, don't ever go that long without reviewing what to do. That's a good point. Because you will, like, go blank. Right. You know, some I don't even know what I had for dinner last night. Exactly. You know? So, exactly. I need to stay on top of my skills. And luckily, right. I'm getting certified um, 
or got certified just last month. So right. I'm good yeah. to go, but I probably need to revisit that every six months. That's true or more. And I tell yeah. people if you're in an office setting or a family setting where more than one person is certified, quiz each other. Yeah. You know, do some little scenarios and make sure everybody knows what to do. That's a good and point. I do that a lot because I say, I'm an instructor, but what if I'm the one that needs help? Oh, wow. I, I want to feel confident that. that everybody around me knows how to respond. Most so I'll definitely. quiz people. I'll quiz people. And you know, Sarah, a lot of bystanders just don't want to get involved. Right. Even if they're trained. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You there know, are. even if you are trained and you have the skills, maybe you lack the confidence to just jump in there and take charge. Yeah, you're hoping somebody else knows what to right. do. Right, you know. Or maybe there's some concern about blood or, mm. you know, just other contaminants, body fluid that may be present that you don't want to get exposed yeah, to. Yeah, disease transmission is a big concern, especially when it's someone you may not know. It right. could just be someone on the street or maybe even a coworker that you don't know that well. Exactly. And you're worried about uh, disease transmission. So, Or, you know, drugs may be a part of the situation and you don't know that, you may not want to expose yourself to, to right. that. Right, that's true. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid of being sued. You know, what right. if I do CPR and, you know, they don't make it? You know, they're afraid of the outcome of that. And the reality is people can sue for anything in this country. You're right. But we have Good Samaritan laws that protect people who are trained in CPR. You know, they are not going to be able to successfully sue you. Right. Uh, if you acted within your scope of right. what you were trained to do, then um, you, you're okay. Right. So we want people to respond. That's why we train people and we want people to have the confidence. Well, I mean, that's the difference maker. If you call 911 and you're saying every minute mm -hmm. cuts your chance of survival by 10%, well, it may take 10 minutes. That's true. That's or true. Or five minutes. You know, I don't know how big your town is or yeah. what, but you are you that person in that situation could be the difference maker right and many times when you call 911 when help is on the way there's an operator there that can talk you through the process but you would be so much more prepared if right. you had done the skills and you know you felt confident that you knew what to do okay so where if, what if you're in a situation and an emergency occurs and you're not trained in CPR what do you recommend as a CPR instructor what would you tell those people well definitely if you're on the line with a 911 operator follow the steps that they're giving you you know put that phone on speakerphone so that you can have both hands available and chances are they're going to talk you through uh the cpr process okay also um the hands-only CPR has gotten to be a big deal. Like we were just talking about, people are afraid of disease transmission. So just doing the chest compressions, you know, people are learning how to do hands-only CPR, uh, knowing where to place their hands, knowing what depth they need to press okay. for the compressions. Um, this is actually very important. So even if you're not certified, there are little training clinics that you can go to. Uh, there are videos on YouTube. Okay. You know, I would search for a reputable source. You know, do a search for the American Red Cross Hands Only CPR or American Heart Association Hands Only CPR. And that way you can perform those compressions until the emergency personnel arrive. And if there are other people there that know CPR, there's still a need for other people to help. You may need to go out and wave down the ambulance. Yes, there you are times when the ambulance call. can't find the house number. You know, you always send someone who's not CPR trained to call 911. Yes. If you have an AED or first aid kit, someone who is not trained, they can go and do that. So right. there is a role Everyone for can people. Help. That's correct. That's that's good to know because yes. you just don't ever know when something's going to happen. No, you don't.
and just to feel the support of other people in the room i mean right. makes a huge difference well, and you speak from experience i do i do so let's let's dive into cpr okay. if that's okay i've got yeah. a couple myths you know does the cpr itself actually restart the person's heart it doesn't uh cpr doesn't restart the heart but what it does it helps the the blood to circulate and what it's doing is carrying oxygen to those vital organs until okay. the heart starts beating again like it should okay. so what we're trying to do is prevent a loss of oxygen you know that can cause uh irreparable damage you know, that's what we're trying to do. So we want to keep blood circulating. That's what CPR is doing. Okay. So that, that is a myth. It does not restart no, your heart. No, okay. it does not. Okay. What about the breathing barrier? Um, if you don't have one, then that means you can't do anything. Right. And so that's what we're talking about. Like the hands only CPR, right. you know, um, that's definitely something you can do without a breathing barrier. And let's just be honest. If this is someone that's a family member or God forbid your child or, you know, your spouse, oh you're going to jump into action. You don't care if you've got a breathing barrier. It's a decision you have to make. If this is someone on the street, mm -hmm. I do know of people who have given mouth to mouth without an, you know, a barrier. A, a barrier. It's a personal decision. But if your decision is, I don't want to risk it, I don't want to do that, then definitely there are things you can do. You can instruct someone to call 911. You can send somebody to get a first aid kit and an AED just in case there's another bystander that comes along that's trained and you can do those chest compressions. Okay. What about, um, you hear about ribs getting broken, mm -hmm. you know, is this, is that something that can happen? Definitely. If you are doing your compressions, uh, to the depth that you're recommended to do them, it's likely that ribs will get broken wow. and you will likely hear the sounds of ribs cracking, but <laughs> I know, but you have to ask yourself, would I rather be dead? Or would I rather be alive with a few broken ribs that True. are going to heal eventually? So that's kind of, you know, the process we have to weigh out. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely believe the victim would want to continue to live. Yeah, so that's so. true. You, you might break right. ribs. So does CPR, does it work most of the time, some of the time? I mean, you know, what are there some statistics on how, how well it works? I would love to say that CPR usually saves the person. Unfortunately, um, only about 10% of the time does oh, CPR wow. by itself um, turn the situation around. However, that percentage does go up when we get an AED involved. Okay. So that's kind of the good news. And that's kind of a, a reason why we're being more vocal about AEDs so that we can increase the percentage of people who, you know, survive a cardiac arrest. Okay, so you're talking a lot about AEDs, and I'm familiar with what they are, but a lot of people may not be. Uh -huh. So can you tell us what exactly an AED is? What it is, it's an automated external defibrillator, AED. And it is literally a machine that you can use when someone does not have a pulse. And this is a small little machine. I mean, it's the size of a, I don't know, a small little briefcase. And what you do, you attach these pads onto the person's bare skin, it analyzes their heart rhythm and decides whether or not they need a shock in order for their heart to get in rhythm. Oh, so it does, like it thinks for itself, basically? Right. It, it talks to you. Oh, so, wow. you know, it's one of the most user-friendly machines that are out there in terms of medical equipment, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. When I I don't guess I know what they are, but I've never used one. Mm-hmm. So like what I'm picturing in my mind is like you know on TV when you see people like getting shocked uh-huh. on the table. Like uh-huh. that's what I'm picturing. Well, it's not quite that dramatic. Okay. Because I'm like, can I do that? Whoa. Yes. <laughs> After being trained, people can most definitely do that because it talks you through every step along the way. It tells you everything. Remove the person's clothing from their chest area. It tells you attach the pads. It tells you stand clear. Oh wow! So that part we see on the TV when they say, "Okay, clear," right. that that actually is reality because when the AED is analyzing the rhythm, nobody can be touching the patient. Not even the person that's the trained responder. Nobody touches. Okay. And so, you know, it talks you through every step along the way, and it will either tell you whether a shock is needed, or it'll say no shock advised, and it'll say continue CPR. Oh, wow. So it tells you exactly what to do until EMS gets there. It sounds like just about anybody can use this, but I would assume that you would need some training? You would. Um, You still would need to be trained in CPR uh, because like I just said, when it analyzes the rhythm, it decides whether or not you need a shock. If it tells you to continue CPR, you need to be trained in CPR in order to do that. Um, Also, you'll need some training. There's a visual. There's pictures on the pads of the AED that tell you where they need to go, but there's just some logistics that you know it would be better if a person was trained. Um, And a lot of jobs require you to be certified in CPR and also use of the AED. I would be far more comfortable sitting through a training than just... Yeah, you don't want the day you have to respond to an emergency to be your very first time seeing an AED machine. So if I want to have this at my place of work or at my church, can I just go buy an AED? Um, Yeah, there are sources to buy an AED. What is so interesting about it is you need a prescription to buy an AED machine. Uh, It's regulated by the FDA. So it's kind of considered a medication, if you will. So many of the companies that sell AEDs, they will provide that prescription for you. So it's not very hard to get. That's interesting. Yeah, but they are regulated by the FDA. Anything that they're going to sell that's going to allow you to shock a person, we want that to be regulated. (laughs) Because I've seen, you know, like um, people raising money Mm -hmm. for AEDs for like, I know, uh, for like every police car in their community to have one. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know if you... (laughs) <laughs> just put this on your shopping list and then you know, went about <laughs> Well, this. you can, but they're very expensive. Okay. So, you mentioned fundraisers. Um, there are some grants available, you know, to schools, uh, community centers, you know, public places that want to purchase an AED. Yeah. Uh, they, they run anywhere from maybe $1,200 to over $3,000. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. So, it's, it's not something cheap. You're not just going to add it to your cart and keep moving. <laughs> so, no. most people don't have them in their living rooms for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. But I can see where, like, like, a, like schools and churches and, like you're saying, community centers, why they would want to have something like that, or even yeah. stores. Yeah, malls, shopping centers. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a mass gyms, of people. You know, yeah. all those types of places have had AEDs for a long time, actually. Now with schools, it's kind of a new thing. In Tennessee, in 2018, there was a uh, some legislation that was enacted encouraging okay. schools to have AEDs on campus. And encouraging uh, staff members to be trained on these annually. Now, that's uh, there's wording in there that kind of says within budgetary constrictions. Sure. So we understand that every school system can't afford to put AEDs in all of their schools right away. But like we said, there are grants available. 
And we totally suggest that school systems get as many personnel as possible trained in CPR, also trained in use of the AED because you don't want to just certify two or three people in a building and oh, yeah. what if they're, they're not, not in the there. building when the emergency happens? So it sounds like that can be used on children and adults, right? Yes, okay. definitely. There are different size pads that you can use for pediatric patients. Okay. But if you don't have those small pads, you're also able to use them for, um, you can use the adult size pads. So if I'm in a um, public place mm -hmm. and something happens and I'm certified, yeah. okay, which I am, mm -hmm. where, where would this most likely be located? It just really depends. Um, they're located at public pools. Um, obviously, those are pretty in well sight. Mm -hmm. In an enclosed shopping mall. Who knows? Who knows? So, I would just need to say, find out if there's an AED and begin the compression. That's right. Uh, that's okay. that's a role for those people that are standing around who are not certified. Okay. You want to send them to, to get the AED. Exactly. Okay. Go find me an AED. Find me a first aid kit. Call 911. Okay. Those are the things you want to have happen. And let me clarify when we're talking about kids. Um, when we talk about children, they're under 8 years old and under 55 pounds. That's what we consider to be kids okay. or children. Um, and they're the ones that we would use the pediatric pads on for the AED if we had them. If we don't have them, then we're fine to use the adult pads on them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so tell us how people can find a class to get trained on CPR and or AED. Okay. Uh, they can contact me. Um, at, I'm Tennille, obviously, at 731-772-2861. That's my office number. Or they can hop online and go to redcross.org slash take a class. And what you can do on the Red Cross site, you can put in your zip code. You can search for the closest oh, okay. classes. Yeah, and there are a number of different options. You can do an in-face, face-to-face class, or you can do a blended learning workshop where you take part of it online and then you go in person to do your skills. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners um, see the value in this. Um, and if you have been CPR certified or AED certified in the past and that has lapsed, you know, maybe this is the reminder you need to go out and get, get that recertified. Yeah, because the science changes. So even the instructors, you know, we've had so many updates over the year and we get continually right. trained. So get back in there, get certified. The life you save could be someone you love. Oh, wow. Well, that leads into our closing. It As does. Bob Marley says, live the life you love. And love the life you live. Stay alive.